G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning, uh, migrant workers or immigrant workers. Um, it's just been one of the big issues for the New Zealand economy this year. Because uh, getting people to do the jobs we don't want to do or we're not qualified to do is problematic. Um, we're, we're talking about things that we've talked about before today too. One of those things is congestion charges. Um, for some reason this has come up again. Phil Goff wants some uh, for Auckland. And uh, they want that road open in Christchurch, but it was too rainy yesterday. So we laugh at Christchurch about that. But before any of that, uh, yeah, another one of those things we've talked about before, the EV fee bait. Uh, it's reared its ugly head again as well. Now, there should be a rule. Should be a rule. You get to ask for something once, but then that's it. I note the fee baiters are back this week, the people who want you to pay for their cars. Julianne Genter, back when she was in charge of stuff, mainly nutty ideas, thought this was uh, particularly spectacular. The fee bait would have meant that the electric car would be discounted because the petrol car would have a tax on it. She claimed, incorrectly and completely dishonestly, that the scheme would be self-funding, despite the fact that for it to be self-funding, the right number of petrol cars with the right amount of tax had to be sold to cover the cost of the right amount of the subsidy for the EV, and given the scheme wasn't up and running and therefore no cars had been sold under it, she wouldn't have the slightest idea as to what the consumer behaviour towards a more expensive petrol car versus a cheaper EV might be. That government and her ministership came and went, and thank God, thanks to New Zealand First, remember them, the scheme never saw the light of day and most of us with a loose connection with the real world breathed a sigh of relief. And this is where my rule would come in. Having floated the fee bait scheme and it being rejected, we would never hear about it again, which sadly we are, given my rule is not real. So back they have come this week. Headline, government urged to introduce fee bait scheme for EVs. So often these stories are written from press releases, which sadly is the way too much of the media these days, and the press releases are written in a way that wacky ideas have never before been put forward, and this is a bright new shiny thing that we all have to consider with urgency. So once again, if the Motor Industry Association get their way, we'll be back down the rabbit hole of subsidisation, funded as it always is by some poor sap that doesn't get consulted. As I've said forever, if you want an EV, go get one. Go get four. For the woke hand-ringers who are in charge of companies, councils or government departments, go buy a fleet. But buy them for the right reasons, not for the virtue-signalling brownie points. And most importantly, don't buy them using other people's money. Here's the test of a good product. Do people want it? Will they use their own money to buy it? Will, having bought one, they buy another one? For whatever reasons, EVs haven't taken off. I could give you a bunch of reasons, but we don't have time. And what we also don't have time for is yet another round of subsidy merry-go-round. The fee bait was a dumb idea last year, the year before, and the year before that. Its status as a dumb idea remains unchanged. I still think they should just give everybody an EV. Just give, give everybody one. Just bring your car in and we'll swap it out for an EV. Um... I don't know if that would work. I'm prepared to give it a go. Start with me, and I'll let you know if it's worked for me. Um, if I do that, probably they'll bring in somebody from overseas to do my job. I oh, know they can't, can they? Could it just be that we're a bit of a myth, or our sense of our place in the world is a little bit invented? One of the more interesting reports has arrived on my desk this week, done by the NZIER for the Productivity Commission, that looked into our policies around attracting highly productive and top-shelf migrants, the highly skilled, the very entrepreneurial, 
It's widely accepted that our productivity rate, of course, has been hopeless for years. We we don't work smarter. We just make more stuff using more energy. The call last week, for example, from the Helen Clark Foundation was a classic example. It muddled the idea of paying people more via a boosted minimum wage, thus improving, they said, our productivity. Productivity is not automatically the result of more grunt. Robots are an example of more productivity. They're better at some stuff than humans. You produce the same thing, just more effectively. Anyway, when it comes to migration, we failed, according to this report, abysmally. Oh, they brought people in. We all know that. In fact, for some, it's been an issue. They've come in and stolen our jobs, and they've brought all the houses, these damn foreigners. And now that they're not here, all of a sudden the corn doesn't get picked in the field, and there's an almighty scrap on between the farmers and the government and how to resolve this. But what that scrap and those numbers actually show is the picture of our immigration story. We import labour, not brains. The ones we wanted never arrived. Why? They didn't want to. So the idea in our heads that we are the greatest place on earth, sadly, is not true. They didn't want to come because it's too far away from basically everything. Our global impact visas, that's what they were called. We had a specialist as global impact visas. They've created just 114 jobs over three years. Just 16 of the recipients raised capital, two of them more than five million bucks, five of them under $10,000. We have three main sources of low-paid labour here, holidaymakers, students, RSE workers, hardly a stellar program, is it clearly a complete re- reset's required. We've deluded ourselves that we're some sort of magneta, Silicon Valley of the South. We are no such thing. The world is not gripped by us. And when the truly clever can choose where they want to go, they don't come here. Tough reality to swallow, but swallow what we must and reset. The trick to success, of course, is learning from our mistakes. And one of the bigger ones is thinking we were more than we actually are. Yes, I I like the feeling of job security, that not letting people from other countries uh, coming here. Give us me. I feel like I can be really, really bad at my job because I know that some foreigner is not going to come and steal it. Am I being accidentally racist? I think I might be. Uh, Is Phil Goff being accidentally annoying when he talks about introducing congestion charges uh, for busy roads in Auckland? Congestion charges as an idea are not new. They've been rejected to this point. My great hope with the re-emergence of the idea again, as of yesterday, I think, $3.50 $3.50 charge to enter Auckland Central City area. That will be expanded then over time. And before you know it, if you leave Christchurch, you'll be charged a congestion fee to get to Auckland. But it goes under the auspices, does it not, of this government who have said, sworn black and blue, there will be no new taxes. A congestion charge would be a new tax. I'll come to what, how they'll get around the bright line slash uh, capital gains tax in just a couple of moments and their new top tax rate because they said the new top tax rate for employees who earn over $180,000 a year. That's a new tax, and it's the only new tax, but there's problems with that. But as regards the congestion charge, you need government approval to enact it locally, and you would have to, if you're going to take this government at their word, believe that there are no new taxes, therefore there will not be a new congestion charge for the next three years. Fingers crossed. I'm warning you, you make it too hard for me to come to work, I won't come to work. Um, and and uh, we had a bit of feedback on this as well. Text, what kind of deterrent is driving to a city is $3.50, seriously? Well, it's an interesting question. Uh, the answer is if you do it every day, of course, and then that suddenly becomes a bill because three fifty times 5 is a problem for many people. And the other thing is they reckon it'll reduce car consumption by about 8 to 12%. 12% would give you something like the school holidays. But, of course, none of it will work. It's all theory. All it is is a revenue-gathering exercise. Everybody sees through it. And the reality is, I mean, having been to Singapore a million times, indeed, London. 
Uh, they've got congestion charges. Does the traffic look any thinner to you? No, it does not. And so it's a revenue-generating exercise. And, of course, you've got to have a public health transport system that actually works. And ours doesn't. You've got to be able to go from A to B to C to D to E to F to G, which is how most people's lives run, not A to B, uh, with a public transport system. And we don't have that. So the whole point is, or the whole idea is fruitless, unless, of course, you just want to pocket some money, which is really what it's all about. And just while we're talking about driving, um, what happened with that uh, road that they were supposed to be opening in Christchurch yesterday? How come it didn't open? Uh, speaking of roads, uh, we told you got a bit excited yesterday. Uh, the big Christchurch road was opening. Much anticipated opening of the Christchurch Northern Corridor. This is the one they thought about in the 60s. Started building in 2016. Took four years. Uh, didn't open yesterday because it rained. So I yeah, I didn't realise that one was only going to be a dry weather road. It's a dry weather road. It's a sunny day road. It's it's you got you right. You can't just have an all weather road. Come on, if you want an all weather road, that needed to be thought about in 1937. Four well, minutes I mean, away. You... You make fun of them, but don't you have a dry weather car and a wet weather car, or do you not have that system anymore? No, I don't know. You used to. I know that you I used, used to. I used to. I used to. I used to have a lot of things, Glenn. But then life changed as the uh, as the power shifted in our marriage to a to a ratio that I no longer find particularly comfortable. But that's for another day. Ah, oh, yes. How the mighty have have fallen. He used to make fun of me for how I used to. I live in you know a climate of fear in my house, and now he does. Uh, it's it's good it's good to have um, you know somebody you can talk to about these things. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that was the rewrap. We'll be back again tomorrow if we're allowed.